This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to Pink Popcorn, the movie review show that tries to find the little bit of homo in every film. A big thank you to Pete Dillon from Cravings and his lovely studio full of ladies. What a great show. He always puts me on the spot. But we'll have (laughs) none of that today on our show because I'm joined today by a very special co-host. It's Conrad Brown. Yay. Thanks for having me back. Well, you know what? You are more than welcome. And I'm really excited that uh, Conrad and I both went to see Super 8. Very cool little film. Great little film. And so we're going to be talking about that later in the show. But in the meantime, we actually have got a double pass to give away to this fantastic film, thanks to Paramount Pictures. And we want to make you work for it. Just a little. Just a little. Not too much. Fun. Fun work. It is fun. So we have got a poll today. And it is, what is your favourite childhood film? So many racing Uh, through my brain. I know, because Super 8, once we get into it, Super 8 is is kind of, uh, it's the executive producer of Steven Spielberg. It's written and directed by J.J. Abrams, and it's set in the late 70s. And it's kind of a homage to their favourite films, like Star Wars and E.T. Bit of Goonies in there. Bit of Goonies, bit of Stand By Me. So, all of those kind of films. So, put your thinking cap on, um, and you can go in the prize draw to win this double pass to Super 8. Can I put you on the spot and ask you (laughs) your favourite? Let's just get straight into it. Well, um, this might age me a little bit. And and I have to admit, I was very, very little and I can't (laughs) believe they let me in the cinema. I was with my mum. We went and saw I Can't Stop the Music, the Village People film. (laughs) Awesome. And something about those milkshakes, like the milkshake song in that. And it might have made me gay, that film. Like, Thanks, Mum. So, so Mum's got a lot to answer for. But that's kind of, uh, when I think of going to the movies as a little kid, that really stands by. Obviously, I also saw E.T. Mm. Uh, oh, yeah. That's yeah. How, how about you, Conrad? I reckon I could go Footloose. Oh, I love Footloose. I could do a bit of Footloose. I could include the Goonies in there. Yeah. I'm feeling like they're my, my, my teenage films right. rather than my really little films. But we'll take both. Yeah. And also Grease. I know that's kind oh. of like, mm, but my mum took me to see it four times. <laughs> Once again, yeah, thanks, FYI, yeah. you may be gay. Yeah. Oh, now look, I, now I do the hand jive all the time. <laughs> so we'll also be talking about uh, X-Men First Class. We are a week behind, but we thought we'd save it for this week. Uh, it's still playing everywhere, going yeah. gangbusters. Totally. And for something slightly more arty and alternative and serious, but not bad. Not at all. Oranges and Sunshine, a new kind of English-Australian co-production. So that's all coming up with the show, plus some great music. Uh, Because Paul uh, Tonta is away at the Sydney Film Festival... He hasn't been, I know. Lucky Paul. Tough tough job. Um, We haven't been able to have his uh, music expertise, so I have relied on Conrad to uh, program Bit of pressure following Paul, but you know, I'll take up that challenge. (laughs) Well, you know what? I am going to hit it off with uh, Gautier with Learn a Little Given and Lovin'. This is Pink Popcorn on Joy 94.9. This is a Pink Popcorn podcast. That was the Hellcat Spangled Shalalala, the Arctic Monkeys. Conrad's putting me to work trying to <laughs> pronounce those titles. Um, and you're on Pink Popcorn on Joy 94.9 with Kylie and Conrad. 
Oranges and Sunshines tells the story of Margaret Humphreys, a social worker from Nottingham who uncovered one of the most significant social scandals in recent times, the forced migration of children from the United Kingdom. Almost single-handedly, against overwhelming odds and with little regard for her own well-being, Margaret reunites thousands of families, brought authorities to account and worldwide attention to an extraordinary miscarriage of justice. I was in the children's home in the UK and I was only 10. This man in a suit, he says, how'd you like to go to Australia? You know, he said, the sun shines every day. You pick oranges off the trees for your breakfast. Your mother's dead, you know, so you might as well. Now you're telling me that she might not have been dead after all. Why has no one ever heard about her? The organised deportation of children in care. Deprived of their identity. I met a woman recently who never knew she had a mother still living in England who had no idea where she was or what had happened to her. I'm here today to see if any of you are in the same position. You think I've got a mother? Everybody's got a mother. You get a pretty good sense from that clip about the uh, emotional upheaval that these. You know, they're characters, but they're based on real-life people. Conrad, you went along and saw that this week. I did, and I um, it's kind of listening back to that. It is. It reminds you, it's very emotional, and I guess the subject matter really leans you to feeling um, a lot of, obviously, sympathy and everything, but a lot of outrage as well. There's a, a lot going on that you just, because it's a true story, I think the way that they present the facts and... And just all those stories just is really... um, Well, it was like something like 130,000 children children. were told that their parents were dead and then were shipped off to other countries and mainly Australia. Mm. Um, And I mean, that just those sheer numbers, that is amazing. And we've got such, you know, your childhood is such a precious time, I guess. And to know that all of those kids were robbed of their families and, and those were, experiences. And they were put into institutions yeah. and often it was like hard labour, there was abuse, there was all sorts of things that also happened to them once they were separated from their family and shipped off to a foreign land. And a, and a country that they were told was going to be oranges and sunshine. You know, and it's, <laughs> we know it's not. Yeah, and, and it was. Um, and the performances in the film are amazing um, and Emily Watson, you know, she brings real power to that type of role. It could have easily gone a bit sentimental, but she really holds it together. Um, It doesn't go into Erin Brockovich kind of territory, (laughs) but, you know, they're both, it's kind of, um, there's similarities there. In that kind of story. She's an everyday woman who kind of discovers this amazing, you know, um, horrific scandal and um and basically starts repairing a lot of the damage so that part of it is is excellent and i was saying to you earlier the only thing with it is um it could have been a really powerful telly movie or a mini series as well right and i think the only shame about the whole thing is is that more people aren't going to see it because it is um being released as a film you think so as a film it serves its purpose but maybe it should have been something for TV. Yeah, and there's there's so many stories still there sure. that I think you could make a fantastic documentary about you know what went on, um, even just focusing on one person because everyone's story is um, you know unfortunately is really sad wow. and um, really powerful, and they really show that 
very cleverly during the film. They show that that one decision of taking a child away from their family and sending them somewhere, um, you know, a child is is just starting to kind of figure out what they want to do, and it sets a lot of these people on the path to ruin. I mean, some of the actors they've got, they've got a fantastic cast, including Hugo Weaving and David Wenham, from mm. uh, who play some of the um, their adults now that were taken away when they were children. And I think it's interesting as well that uh, Jim Loach directed this. He has done a lot of TV, so maybe that's why in parts it might feel like a TV movie. And I don't mean that in a negative way either. And I think the fact that his dad is Ken Loach. He's Ken Loach, (laughs) who's one of the most well-known British socialist realist uh, genre filmmakers. I mean, he is an amazing film. So you can see where that social justice angle really comes from there. It's obviously runs deep in his family. Totally. And it's handled really, really well. And I believe that it's, it's a great film. Um, but it could be so much more and I just hope that more people get to see it um, down the line when it's on DVD and um, you know and hopefully gets onto TV and and stuff because it really deserves a bigger audience especially here because I think a lot of people will really resonate yeah and people probably don't know a lot about this because I've not heard of this before and Mm. um, so I think it's really important part of our history as well that people understand it I will put a link to the trailer on our Facebook page because I think if you see the trailer you get a really good sense of what the film's about Mm. it looks fantastic I really want to go and see it but I have to admit, yesterday I tried for two days to she see really it. really did, I know. <laughs> and yesterday, for the first time ever, I missed a movie screening. They changed the time on me, <laughs> and normally I would check, and so I had to call you from the cinema saying, uh, guess what? <laughs> it's supposed to be in the movie. But it's... But it's yeah. already started. So These things happen. I really feel bad because I really honestly want to see this film. I'm going to have to catch up with it next week. Definitely. Um, so, encourage you all to go and check it out. What, what rating would you give this? I'd give it a three and a half. Out of five. And I reckon it could be a lot more, depending on how you feel about that sort of issue and or if it is totally new to you, it could, you know, it's definitely a solid, good movie. Great Great performance. And I'm assuming there's no queer content in there. Not really, no. No, we could make it up, but there's no, 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 there's not. So that's Oranges and Sunshine, which is out in limited release now. Also, just to let you know, we are giving away a double pass to Super 8. We'll be reviewing that film before the hour is out. Um, It's the new blockbuster from J.J. Abrams and produced by Steven Spielberg. It's a creature feature, a first love romance, a movie buffs movie, about movie buffs trying to make movies. <laughs> Don't you love that? The movie within the movie. Uh, all thanks to Paramount Pictures. We're just asking you to SMS in your favourite childhood film. You can also email us. So you can SMS 042... Oh, God. I've just lost it. 0427 <laughs> Joy 949. I should know that after Radiothon when you can call in 1300 Joy 949. That's so much easier to yeah. say. Or on air at joy.org.au. You're on Pink Popcorn with Carly and Conrad. This is a Pink Popcorn podcast. You're on Pink Popcorn with Kylie and Conrad on Joy 94.9. And we've had a few entries into our prize draw. Yeah, everyone wants those, that double pass to Super 8. And I don't blame them. It's a rockin' movie. So we've had a few people tell us what their favourite childhood film is to go in the draw. So Chris uh, says his favourite was Star Wars, a oh, classic, which yes. I'm sure a lot of people out there would agree with. Um, Dimitri says E.T., or Fantasia. Oh, Fantasia. That's another that's good one. That's a good one. Oh, and Anastasia just says that we're amazing. Nope. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for confirming what we knew was true. 
I love that. Thanks, Anastasia. And guess what? Your your um your boyfriend Clinton also thinks you're fantastic. Oh, so he should. But he also thinks I'm fantastic. <laughs> so that works for me as well. Yep. And uh, Sonia from uh, Sci-Fi and Squeam, another mm-hmm. fantastic uh, show on Joy. She says that her favourite uh, favourite film from a youngster is Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. The original. Of course. I'm thinking. Old school. Uh, yeah, I'm, I won't confirm that with her because I'm <laughs> assuming that will be. So, you could go in the double pa- uh, draw to win this double pass as well. All you need to do is SMS us or send us an email on air at joy.org.au and we'll put you in the draw to win uh, this double pass to Super 8 thanks to Paramount Pictures. But before we re- review that film, we want to talk about X-Men, X-Men. First Class. <laughs> before Charles Xavier and Eric Lecture were took the names of Professor X and Magneto. They were two young men discovering their powers for the first time. They were close friends working together with other mutants to stop the greatest threat the world has ever known. But in the process, a rift between between them opened up, which began the eternal war between the Brotherhood and the X-Men. Mankind will turn on us. Not if we stop a war. Not if we risk our lives doing so. But they do the same for us. The law applies to human beings. The same laws don't apply to mutants. We'll never be accepted into society. Should we have to hide? We have it in us to be the better man. We already are. <laughs> we already are. There are oh. so many great quotes in this film. I love it. So this is X-Men First Class. It's actually been out for a week now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we had uh, our show was too full last week to review it. Lucky me. I know. So we've bumped it to this week and uh, we've both seen it yes and I have to admit on air that I have never seen the first three X-Men mm-hmm. films so I did go to this slightly trepidatious but that's good I think that was good because I've seen all three. Oh, have you and, yep. and did you want to go and see this or I, no I kind of was a bit like nah, yeah maybe I could go and see it no I'll yeah. just kind of see how I go and so I'm kind of glad that I had to because it was good, right? It was very good. For me, because I haven't seen any of the other films, this is a great one to go and see because it's the origin story. Mm-hmm. So it's about how they all started as youngsters, how they first discovered their powers, how the story between how Magneto got to be... Mag- Magneto. Magneto <laughs> and, you know, Professor X became Professor X. And it's really great fun. I love an origin story. And it's interesting, having seen the other three, there's a few things that, kind of you know it makes a lot more sense because i'm not a big comic book person i didn't know a lot of the other stories when i went to see the x-men thing so it was kind of cool to get those pieces of the puzzle put together i'm sure they put a lot of that stuff in for fans i'm Mm. sure if you're a fan you would get way more than what i got i probably got quite a superficial reading but you know what i didn't care it was um i reckon for a movie that was jam-packed full of characters and there was a lot going on. They, they really yeah. asked you, you know, at one stage you're in Russia, then they're in <laughs> the Arctic uh, or Antarctic or something, and then they're in uh, Cuba. And, and then like they're it's in Las just, Vegas. Yeah, there's so much going on, and there's so many, they're introducing so many characters that would have been really easy to have got lost. But they do a really cool job of keeping it, um, of flowing really well and keeping the characters quite interesting. You learn a little bit about 
some and a lot about others. I mean, which I think works really I think well. the thing that really helps this film work along is that it's grounded in the two lead characters, mm. played by James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender, who um, play Professor X and Magneto. Mm. Uh, and they both are fantastic yep. actors, and they bring a real um, sense of reality to it mm. that you really care about the characters. They are both excellent actors. And, and Magneto's backstory is actually quite traumatizing with um, the Holocaust and Nazi Germany kind of being a part of that. So, to, you know, you needed someone with a bit of acting chops to really pull that off, and he yeah. does a great job. I mean, I actually think he is German himself. I'm going to have to just. I'm pretty sure you're right about that that. one. Um, Because he certainly did bring some gravitas Mm. to the whole thing. But but you know who was my favourite and who I almost died? And you're going to love this because of your footloose. I was just about to say, (laughs) he was hemming it up. (laughs) Kevin Bacon plays the uber baddie in this film. And I swear, every scene he's in... I just was loving it. He was he chews up the scenery quite a bit in a really good way. Like there's he's verging on winking sometimes yes. at the camera. He he's speaks, that villain, you know, he, big villain guy. And he speaks other languages. He in the beginning <laughs> when he's speaking German, I'm like, is that Kevin Bacon speaking German? He really messed with my das head. Kevin Bacon. <laughs> And he was absolutely fantastic. And his evil offsider is played by January Jones. So Mm. for the ladies... There's a bit of something for everyone, really. She really is just basically in a bikini the whole time. Um, (laughs) For no apparent reason. (laughs) No, because she turns into ice. Okay, that would make sense. And when you turn into ice, you can only be wearing a bikini, don't you know? I mean, you know, Rose Byrne is running around in her (gasps) underwear at one stage. Oh, well, Rose Byrne plays the goody. She's the good human. Yes. And she's in the um, CIA. And one of her uh, undercover operations <laughs> requires that she has to be in her underwear. She becomes a, a go-go girl. Can you see how I love this yeah. film? Like- it was. I think it is definitely one of the campest movies I've seen in a long time. <laughs> I think the 60s, because it's set in the 60s, so you really, well, 30s to the 60s, I guess. Yeah. But you really get that kind of camp. Um, kind of, you know, uh, not like Austin Powers kind of no. camp, but there's a real campiness to the the way that they're dressed. Yeah, I mean, the submarine is decked out in white fur <laughs> and wall, white water wall carpeting. It is, I know, ridiculous. Look, this film is super gay because super gay. I guess uh, the subtext is, and this has kind of been spoken about, particularly with the third X Men in the series, mm. The Last Stand, which was, you know, it's kind of like you can equate the mutants to being perceived as anyone who is other. So you can perceive it as mutants could be gays and lesbians. They could be the gays. And there is actually a moment in this film where uh, Professor X outs a mutant. That's right. And it really feels like an an outing if you were gay. He's like, oh my God, I'm sorry. I thought everyone knew. I didn't mean to out you. Whoops. In that way. And he's like, oh, no one knew. And now they all know. And, you know, it's a real... And it seemed like a really on purpose moment to push that. Very on purpose. I mean, the executive director is Brian Singer, who is an openly gay um, director. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so... There's definitely that angle that is going through it. So, I really enjoyed some of those nods and winks to that kind of subtext. Me too. And, you know, the supporting cast in it is huge. Um, But there were some really cool standout ones. I really enjoyed Jennifer Lawrence as Raven slash Mystique. Oh, she is great. (laughs) And and um, for star spotters and people who like going, hey, isn't that blah, blah, blah. um, Zoe Kravitz, who is Lenny Kravitz's daughter, plays Angel. So, um, and then there's the 
the uh, guy from Skins, UK Skins, in there, Nicholas Holt. Oh is it? yes, he's he's great. And there also, is something for everyone. Um, Oliver Platt's in there as well. So look, there's look. It's a cast of thousands. It's <laughs> super good fun. The special effects are fantastic. The story is great. It goes at a cracking pace. Yep. Um, I actually really enjoyed this. I am going to give it four out of five stars. I'm going to give it the same. Wow, we're in agreement. Agreement, and of course, it's super gay. So <laughs> you know, the queer quota is out of you yeah. know. If you want to read it in that way, for everyone. <laughs> this is Pink Popcorn with Kylie and Conrad on Joy ninety four point nine. This is a Pink Popcorn podcast. That's the streets of Paris by the teenagers, and this is Pink Popcorn with Carly and Conrad on Joy 94.9. In the summer of 1979, a group of friends are making a short film on Super 8, but after witnessing a mysterious train crash, they begin noticing strange happenings going around their small town and are forced to investigate this fantastic phenomenon when one of their own goes missing. Ready, be extra loud when the train passes by. Action! I think you're in danger! I don't have a choice! Don't go back! Don't leave me! Guys, what's up? Yeah, what the hell? No! trouble do you air force isn't answering damn question they're looking for something Wow, there's a lot of special effects in there and sound effects. You, I don't think you can get the full sense of it. I there are about 500 videos yeah. um, and trailers and clips and promos that will. Well, I won't put a link to all of them on our Facebook <laughs> page. That would be a bit much. Um, but certainly check it out. This is Super Eight, the film that is produced by Steven Spielberg and written and directed by J.J. Abrams. What did you think, Conrad? I really enjoyed it, and I must admit, I was kind of uh, not too sure about it at first I thought oh it sounds like it's got a little bit too much in there and I saw the trailer it looked kind of fun but um it really lives up to the super in its name (laughs) it is it's got so much going on but again kind of like X-Men it works really really well you've got um the kids kind of you know discovering who they are and first loves and all that sort of stuff and then you've got this really quite intense science fiction story going on yeah. at the same time and the way that they mesh all of that together is um it's what jj abrams does so well well i have a superman crush on jj abrams <laughs> ever ever since he did felicity hello, uh, uh, hello talk about going back in time and my favorite tv series of all time alias, alias. Yep. uh for those who know me well know that i'm a bit of a <laughs> alias slash jennifer garner fan yeah and what I do think that JJ does so incredibly well that very few filmmakers kind of can get at this level is that he manages to combine suspense, action, thrilling, uh, romance, relationship drama. There's some real moments between the father and son. There's kind of a father and son storyline that's going that are really emotional and feel very real in the context of this absolutely absurd thing that's happening. Yeah. You know, I really buy it the whole way through and it's so beautifully paced that you kind of just go with it. Yeah, and the build-up is really built up. 
Yeah. Like, there's so much going on. But the whole time you, you're waiting for the, you know, the unveiling of what is it and what is it that's terrorizing this town and, yeah. and what are these kids actually chasing? The whole way through, you're actually seeing the kids kind of starting to develop relationships and, um, and just they're amazing. They're really natural, normal kids. Well, a lot of these kids, they've never acted before. Yeah. Um, and the lead kid who is so incredible and really super cute, he's never been, he's like, this is his first film role. Joel Courtney is his name. Wow. Watch out. You <laughs> saw it here first. And um, the only uh, one of the kids who's really got any any more experience is who plays kind of his girlfriend or wannabe girlfriend yep. is Elle Fanning, who's Dakota Fanning's younger sister. I just recently caught uh, Somewhere yep. and she, that she was kind of the lead role in oh, that. Oh, she was too. Um, and... Oh, you know what? She is incredible. There's yeah. one moment in this film where she's acting. <laughs> she's kind of acting in the short film. She And she, when she's acting in this short film, it is so insanely good. And all the boys are just flabbergasted because they've been making this film and they really can't act very well. And she just blows them all away. It's such a fantastic moment. It's, it's very clever. And then the, really clever. And what's cool too is, um, you know, there's a lot of films at the moment and that come out and the adults and the kids just don't get each other, you know, and yeah. there's, there's this just really boring kind of predictable conflict. Yeah. But the conflict between the adults and the kids is kind of old school. Like yeah. it's, you know, why can't I go and ride my bike in the street? <laughs> you know, and you're not allowed to go and, and do that. And it's really, um, it is what it is to be a kid growing up. I think it was really smart to set this in uh, in the past, mm. so it's in the 70s. And I'm, I've heard interviews with J.J. Abrams where he said he wanted to kind of set it when he was growing up and discovering movies because there's something quite innocent and childlike about it. There's no mobile phones. There's no iPods. <laughs> there's no everyone knowing everything. There's you a great, great scene with a Walkman. <laughs> yeah, there's a great scene with a Walkman. You can't tweet that, oh, there's a scary creature down the road. <laughs> Let's get out of town. Like, there's none of that. And I think it sets – that's what kind of gives it this fantastic, innocent feel. But even though it has some slightly corny moments – Yeah. I, you just kind of embrace them because stylistically it fits the tone of the film. And you know they have to be there to kind of get you to that next point. So you kind of you give them a little bit of room. You go, oh, that's okay. That was a bit mushy or whatever. But overall, they, um, they just nail the fun and excitement. And, um, and just like the innocence of growing up and being yeah. a kid and you know, spending the summer and what are we going to do? I know, we'll go and chase this fantastic creature yeah. <laughs> I don't. I didn't do that in my summons but I watched a lot of movies where that happened totally um, the guy who plays the dad uh, Chandler uh, Kyle Chandler is also a fantastic they've kind of steered away from stars which I think is great mm. um, he's actually from the TV series Friday Night Lights I don't know if you've ever seen it but it, I haven't but he's familiar yeah put it on the list because he's also great in that and um, it's kind of nice to not have any huge great big stars the real star of the film is the creature and some of the special effects, the train crash special effect, amazing, is insanely yep. good. So it's it's been described as lots of things that you know you said mentioned before. It's kind of like the ET for this generation, but it's got a bit of everything in there. It's got a bit of Stand by Me. It's got some Goonies. It's Close Encounters. There's a bit of Alien versus Predator kind of stuff in there. Like it's you, anyone could go and see it and kind of if you've got any basic knowledge of film. Um, or looking for a good story. You love it. Yeah, and I think the film within the film concept actually works in this. Everything just feels so, you know, it's almost, I can't say any, it's, there's so much good things to say about it, I kind of can't say anything else. It's just great. Go yeah. see it. And there's, um, there's two things that I'd like to mention. The yes. soundtrack, that, yeah. or some of the songs that they use within the film are great. Like, they're commercial songs, you know, really well known, but it works really, really well how they 
um, drop them in as kind of the backdrop when they're in the diner or yeah, getting cool. their film processed and all that sort of stuff. And the look and feel of, um, you know, late 70s, early 80s, rural Ohio nailed it. Yeah. I reckon they just, it just made you feel like you were watching something um, set in this, you know, this kind of Midwest America thing. It just was perfect. And stay for the credits. Oh, the Don't credits. leave. Stay for the credits. Just FYI, stay for the credits. It's not for little, little kids um, because there are some scary moments, yeah. but kind of, I guess, you know. Ten plus? T- ten and above, you'll be yeah. fine. We've had lots of entries into our oh, competition because excellent. we're actually giving away a double pass to this film, you lucky, lucky people. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks to Paramount Pictures. All you have to do is tell us your favourite childhood film. So, um, we've got, do you want to start reading out? Do you want to have a look at the uh, one of the those messages there and maybe Beck. we can read out some of the responses. Beck from Bavaria. Uh, loves, <laughs> she loves the Goonies. We're huge in Bavaria. I don't know if you I know, that. yeah. We are. Massive. We are. Uh, and Kim said E.T. Seems to be a, um, a popular one. Yes. Um, Paul's listening to us all the way from Silver Lake in LA. Oh, hi, Paul. Thanks hi, for joining Paul. us. It's a chilly night in Silver Lake and he's listening in on the brand new Joy um, iPhone app. Oh, that's so cool. And that app is free and it's available at joy.org.au. So, hey, Paul, glad you're enjoying the show. Karen, well, oh, well, okay. she's, she's, she's got a few. Uh, she's written an opus here. <laughs> Maybe we'll just pick some highlights. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, yes. Oh, Mary Poppins yeah. and Bambi. Gosh, she's nice. gone really Disney. Um, and also Walkabout. Wow. First time I'd seen an Aboriginal person. Incredible mind opening for it. A 10-year-old living in a small country town. That's cool. That's great. So, um, look, we've got lots of people who have SMSed in. We've got, you've got a little bit more time because we will draw the entry in the next few minutes. Yep. So, get it in now. Um, what are you giving this out of five? Ooh, I'm going to go four and a half. Oh, my God. We are so twins. Yeah, nice. I'm, I'm giving it four and a <laughs> half as well. It's an excellent film. There's no queer content in it, but you know what? Uh, you just have to be a yeah. lover of good stories. And this, you'll love it. You'll love it. This is Pink Pop Corn with Kylie and Conrad on Joy 94.9. This is a Pink Pop Corn podcast. Hey. <laughs> that was Conrad adding his last look. You have got one of those super low voices. I just wish I could sing that. like that. Oh, give it a go. Give it a whirl. Oh, no way. <laughs> we don't want everyone turning off before Bandcamp. <laughs> That's true. Bandcamp yeah. is coming up next with Adam Todd, who's always does a fantastic show. So stay tuned. I also just wanted to give a shout out. Since we have been talking about our favourite films when we were kids, there's a fantastic film festival called Little Big Shots that's on at Acme oh, this weekend. Cool. And it is a celebration of movies made for kids, about kids, and sometimes even the films are made by kids. Awesome. So, I'll put a link to our Facebook page, but check it out um, since we're talking about the innocence of childhood and I'm great I'm sure films. none of those kids will be making it on Super 8, but... No, yeah. no, they won't. They Maybe won't. an old school beta cam. <laughs> and we also have a prize winner. Dimitri from Altona, you have won the double pass to Super 8, um, and he, uh, his childhood movie favourite was E.T. or Fantasia, so both we good. both agree. Yep. Well done, Dimitri. Um, and also, lots of people are saying thanks for the app. They're loving the Joy iPhone app awesome. that you can download on your Chris. Um, and also, Paul and also Jenny. Oh, my goodness. It's been a packed show. <laughs> Alan from Northcote. He said, Dreamgirls. No, wait. That's my adult favorite. Always was my favorite. Teenage and Masters of the Universe. <laughs> Fantastic. So we've obviously... Uh, we've we've uh, hit a... Nerve, but in a good way. Yeah, that's right. People yeah. are reminiscing. Um, 
So thanks again, Conrad, for joining me on today's show. Always a pleasure. It's fantastic to have you step in. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Next, <laughs> next week, uh, Paul will be back. I've almost forgotten his name then. <laughs> Don't tell him. Never. And we'll be talking about Bridesmaids and Little White Lies. Stay tuned for Adam Todd on Bandcamp. This has been Pimp Popcorn on Joy 94.9. See ya. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.